Reverend George Bringhurst of Philadelphia, who still retains as a precious memorial of the war the simple paper which designates him the first delegate of the commission, narrates the series of incidents which follow, beginning with this first trip to army. In how many instances was the precious gospel brought to the soldiers in the strains of music set to psalms and hymns? In camp and hospital, on march and field, the sweet song of Zion wooed many a prodigal boy back to the Father's loving embrace. None possibly were more effectual than that familiar hymn, Rock of Ages. We heard it sung for the first time in the army on the beach at Fort Monroe by some delegates of the Christian Commission, just beneath the Lincoln gun. Its grateful truth, borne by the winds, fell upon the ears of a soldier on the parapet, not only so, but touched his heart, and in time led him to build on the Rock of Ages. Again we heard the same hymn at Yorktown, sung by some of the same delegates. After its singing, as we were returning to our quarter, one of the delegates was overtaken by a soldier who belonged to the lost children. He asked, won't you please tell me how I may be built on the rock you sang about? I was thinking of it while on guard the other day. He told his story in brief. He was from New York City, had received his mother's dying blessing. Before she breathed her last, she sang this hymn and said, George, my son, I would not feel so badly about your enlisting if you were only built upon that rock. These sacred memories were revived by the singing of the hymn and as the delegate and soldier kneeled on the dusty roadside beneath the stars the wanderer lost his weariness and thirst for sin in the shadow of the rock of ages mr bringhurst continues for it is better to anticipate than to break the unity of the series Eighteen months after his incident, the same delegate going to Fortress Monroe on a boat which had as part of her passengers a gay and happy company of the Signal Corps conversed, sang, and prayed with them. He related to them the foregoing incident, sang Rock of Ages, and retired to his stateroom. Soon after, a gentleman tapped, a gentle tap to his door, where he found a tall, graceful lieutenant, who with tears streaming down his face said, Oh, sir, I could not let you go to bed tonight until I had told you what you have done. As I sat with my head leaning against the spar and listening to your words and to that hymn, you brought back my dead mother with all her prayers and love. I have been a wanderer until this night, and now, by God's grace, I want to hide myself in that rock of ages." In Reverend Brigham's experience at Mill Creek Hospital near Fortress Monroe occurred the two following incidents. A dying soldier placed an account of the awful nature of his disease in a tent far away from his comrades. When asked by me if he was not lonely, he replied with his hand upon his testament, My companion is here. How can I be lonely? That same night he passed away. That same night he passed away into the country wherein there shall be neither sickness nor loneliness any more. I know not, oh, I know not, what social joys are there, what pure, unfading glory, while light beyond compare, O garden free from sorrow, O plains that fear no 
strife. O princely borrower, all blooming, O realm and home of life. As I was reading the 15th chapter of St. Luke Gospel, enable one Sunday morning in a ward of the hospital, I came to the words, I will rise and go to my father. A soldier near me at once cried out, That's me, that's me. Going to his side, I found him very anxious. I pointed him to the father, and very soon he gave his heart to Jesus. Two years later, he laid down his life at Fritzburg. His path, meanwhile, had been like that of the just, shining more and more unto the perfect day. The pursuit of the enemy retreating from Yorktown was prompt and energetic. On May 4th, the place was evacuated. On the next day, Hooker, Kearney, and Hancock fought the Battle of Williamsburg. The Union loss was nearly 2,000 in killed and wounded. Nearly 800 Confederates, mostly severely wounded, were left in the hastily evacuated defense of Fort Magruder. The work of death had begun in earnest. Several days after the battle, a soldier came hurriedly to the chaplain's tent with a message. Chaplain, one of our boys is badly wounded and wants to see you right away. Following the soldier, writes the chaplain, I was taken to a cot on which lay a noble young man. He was pale and blood-stained from the terrible wound above his temple. I was at a glance that he had but a short time to live. Taking his hand, I said to him, Well, my brother, what can I do for you? The poor dying soldier looked up in my face and placed his finger where his hair was stained with blood and said, Chaplain, cut a lock of my hair here for my mother. Mine, Chaplain, for my mother. He hesitated to do it. He said, Don't be afraid, Chaplain. It's disfigured my hair. It's for mother, and nobody will come to see me in the dead house tomorrow. I did as he requested me. Now, Chaplain, said the dying man, I want you to kneel down by me and return thanks to God. For the, for what, I asked, for giving me such a mother. A chaplain said is a good mother, and thank God that by his grace I am a Christian. Oh, what would I do now if I wasn't a Christian? I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that his finished work has saved me. And chaplain, thank God for giving me dying grace. He has made this dying bed feel soft as downy pillows are. Thank him for the promised home in glory. I'll soon be there where there is no war, no sorrow, nor disillusion, nor death, where all see Jesus and be forever with the Lord. I knelt by the dying man and thanked God for the blessings he had bestowed upon him, the blessings of a good mother, a Christian hope, and dying grace. Shortly after the prayer, he said, Goodbye, chaplain. If you ever see mother, tell her it was all well.